Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2022 episode one Security Squawk podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Horning, with Reginald Andre and Randy Bryan. How are you, gentlemen? Welcome to 2022. Happy New Year, Brian and Randy. Yeah, Happy New Year. Doing great. Um, I wanted to just say it got down to like 26 degrees here the other day. Um, we're all dying in Texas uh, right now. It is getting up pretty warm during the day, though. So. Yeah, that is that is pretty cold for Texas because like it I, it's that cold here. Um, but we're we're it's more than one day here. Um, so, but some friends of ours spent New Year's on the beach at at a beach house, and it was eighty degrees until what till New Year's Eve, and then it got it started getting cold on Saturday afternoon. Um, which is what is that? Was that New Year's Day? Uh, but yeah, they were at the beach for like four days before that. Nice and hot. It got up to 80 every day, man. Nice. So, nice. So, I'll cool. do that. <laughs> nice. So today, today's topics, just to kind of give everybody a, a bearing for where we're going to go with the show today. Um, you know, we know we, we, we're aware of some ransomware attacks in the news, guys, and they're, well, no, ransomware attacks that are actively happening right now, and they're not in the news. Uh, and it's we're not going to sit here and pontificate on why these things are not making the news. Um, you can be the judge of that, but we're going to be the, the source for the information so you understand what the hell is going on out there um, and how real and big of a threat um, ransomware hackers and cyber criminals in general are. So the goal of this show, number one, is, is to do that, is to bring awareness and educate you and make sure that you're fully informed as business owners and business people about what you have to deal with when you turn on that computer every day. Because it's not like we use computers every once in a while and this is a threat that we only have to be concerned about. You know, It's not like bungee jumping off a bridge, folks. This is like driving a car. This is like getting in the car every day, putting on your seatbelt, um, you know, they work for over 100 years on improving safety in cars. They don't really work on improving the safety of your cybersecurity on a Windows computer. Um, that's all on you these days uh, and all on guys like us. Uh, so we're here to bring this information to you because nobody else is. So remember, there's only one fee for the show. Share the show. Share it to your friends. Share it to your family. Help us get the word out. Get everybody educated. The quicker we get educated... The quicker people get smarter about this stuff, the harder it's going to be for hackers and the quicker they're going to go away and it's not going to be as attractive and as lucrative as it is today in 2022. 2021 was a record year and 2022 is already starting off to be better for the cyber criminals than 2021. So that's where we're at today, guys. Anything you want to add to the intro? Uh, we're going to jump right into dispelling the myth of LastPass for everybody, um, but anything that you want to add in the intro while I share our stuff out on social media? Um, not really. I'm excited about talking about about LastPass, and I would definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, it's going to get worse before it gets better, um, and you don't want to be in that place if you're a business owner. Um, where you're having to seek, seek out cybersecurity help because you were hacked. Um, you want to start 
moving that way now um, while you're not hacked, even if you may be hacked, you need to start moving that way now. Um, it's a whole lot easier to stay safe, um, safer um, than to um, than to get come back from a hack. So. Yep. So the first one we're going to jump into, guys, is it, it kind of took the social media world by storm a little bit. I saw a lot of cybersecurity experts out there yelling at everybody, change your last pass password, because I think that's everybody's biggest fear right now, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. I'm telling people left and right, make sure you're using a password manager, better password hygiene. And the number one question I get back, well, what if they get hacked? Um, you know, when we go through all the security they have in place and, you know, they don't know your master password. Nobody knows it except you. So, you know, um, you know, we go through all that with everybody to make them feel assured that these password managers are really going to protect them and not be the source of, you know, maybe a devastating breach to them personally or to their business. And, you know, we got uh, Internet heroes i don't know what you want to call them keyboard warriors that run run the social media as soon as the, something comes out on go 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 out and change your last pass password right and you know quite frankly i saw those things and i think you guys reached out to me and i just said you know kind of like hold off you know this isn't what it what it's appearing to be on the surface um and i think randy you and i talked about it a little bit and andre there's, there's a virus or there's a malware going around that is stealing. And I can do this very simply. Anyone can do this. There's, this isn't some sophisticated malware. What, what the problem is, is people, when they go to a website and log in and <coughs> browsers like Google Chrome say, hey, do you want to save your password? People are clicking yes and hitting save because they're lazy. Bad idea, right? What's going on with this red line, Randy? Um, well, surprisingly, it's um, currently the number one information stealing malware um, that they are aware about right now. Um, and it's basically just just stealing uh, credentials from the browsers um, and looks like they're either selling it or giving it away on the dark web. Um, Have I been pwned has just... Uh, posted 441,000 accounts um, that were stolen by Redline. Redline. <laughs> Red they were stolen by Redline. Um, so they're basically just, it gets on a computer. It's undetectable. Um, I was asking in the green room, is it still undetectable? I know as of, you know, like late last week, it was still undetectable on a computer. Um, and they're getting on the computer. They can get into the passwords that are, uh, saved in the browsers, which is, that's actually really easy to do anyway. Um, especially if you have access to the computer itself, the bad guys can get it. Um, but this is basically allow, allowing them to do that, you know, on, on a scale. Yep. And uh, I'm dealing with that cold and I just went into a little coughing fit. So um, thanks, yeah. for, uh, thanks for, same, thanks same for, here. So thanks for filling in for me there. Um, so, yeah, at number one, great point. Very easy to steal passwords if you save them in any browser. It's not just Chrome. We're not picking on Chrome here. Uh, if you're using, if you're going to the extent of using a password manager, don't save passwords in these browsers. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea just to do it in general. 
Um, kind of like, I guess it'd be in my mind, the equivalent of, you know, <clears throat> driving from the back seat, but not, anyways, let's skip putting a seatbelt on this, like kind of like be the same thing as trying to drive from the back seat of the car. Um, you're probably going to get into an accident. Um, and that's exactly how I look at saving your password in Chrome, uh, or any other browser for that matter. So Andre, what's interesting to you about this, um, either from, from the reaction to, from our community where maybe it was kind of like a, a case of the boy who cried wolf, go change your last pass passwords. Do we got to watch that kind of behavior uh, as professionals? And I, and I, and I use that term loosely um, because of the state of our, our industry, but seriously, like, um, I think it, like if doctors were running out and saying like, Oh my God, like, I don't know the, 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 the vaccine that everybody took, you know, it was, it's going to have all these horrible effects um, and, and spouting out all this misinformation. Um, I think that would be frowned upon. Shouldn't this be treated in the same light in your opinion? Yeah, absolutely. But I think one of the biggest issues that we as IT professionals are having is that how can we say that Google is not doing something right or has not provided a service that is not, you know, that is not secure. So that's kind of one of the pushbacks we always um, would get is, okay, you want me to use a password manager, but you can't tell me that Google being a, you know, multi-billion dollar company is not uh, properly storing the password that they're using in Chrome or Microsoft for, for that example. Well, I guess that's, I mean, the easy answer for me on that one is Google's not storing anything. Mm -hmm. This is on your computer. This doesn't go to the cloud. I mean, it does sync to the cloud. Yeah, it's it's returned on syncing, but this isn't a security service that's provided by Google. This is convenience. convenience yep to save it in your browser. So the next time you got to go to that webpage, you don't have to log in again. It, it does it automatically for you. And in my experience of 20 plus years in IT and cybersecurity, when we're talking about convenience, we're talking about a reduction in your security posture. Mm -hmm. And that, that's just a rule of thumb. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting too, because when people were talking about, um, the LastPass situation, and they're like, "Well, I changed my password, and then I got another email uh, that my that my password was breached." And it was like, "Okay, yeah, because you were updating it in your browser, and your browser is breached, and therefore you're just sending out the new information uh, back to this uh, malware site." So, yeah, there there is a solution. I'm I'm all ears. <laughs> I mean, I'm all ears. We spent an entire episode on it a few uh, a few episodes ago when we talked about LastPass, the managers, the the keepers. Um, every one of them has a browser extension, and if you install oh, yeah. the browser extension, sign in right. using that. Right, you can, you can use save it in your browser, and right. it can autofill it for you. But then you right. don't have to have the risk of saving it, you know, over to uh, to Google. And I would say, if you got the email that someone logged in um, using your last pass, you'd need to change your last pass password. It means it was leaked. You probably, you probably had it saved in your browser, yeah. saved in your browser. It got stolen by Redline. Um, So don't save yeah. your ever. 
your yeah, just turn. I mean, if you can turn the feature off in the settings, just go turn it off so it doesn't ask you and, and you don't misclick or you're tempted to like be like, oh, well, I can, save point. It for, I can save it for this site because, you know, it might. I'm going to state the obvious here for most of you, but just because you install or use a password manager doesn't stop the browser from asking you if you want to save it. Um, and a lot of people might not know the difference. They might think it's their password manager that's asking them, do you want to save this password when it's really their Google Chrome browser? So just have the awareness that your browser will ask you to save passwords and that is not secure. Um, and have the awareness to know whether your password manager or your browser like Chrome or Edge or whatever you're using is, is asking you to save that password. So that's, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. So, but good stuff. So guys, more important topic that we want to jump into is the fact that there are cyber attacks happening. And I understand cyber attacks happening to businesses and them not making the news simply because they're a small company. And this, you know, there's a, there's a ransomware attack every 11 seconds. And I don't, my expectation here is not everybody, uh, you know, is worthy of a news cycle article. Um, but it is becoming concerning to me that the amount of cyber attacks that are increasing uh, over time um, are, you know, it, it's just something that you look at and go, hmm, why isn't this being talked about more? Why, why aren't more people being made aware of the fact that cyber criminals are in this game to make money and they're very good at exploiting vulnerabilities in software and computers that we use every day to trick people and trick employees of companies into clicking on things and doing things on the computer that maybe they shouldn't that ultimately lead to a ransomware attack or some kind of extortion uh, payment to cyber criminals. Um, and it's concerning because you look at it from one sense and go, okay, well, they don't want to talk about small companies. Um, but when you, when you know about a very large publicly traded company and you do a Google search, and I'm just going to bring this up to prove a point, um, and you do a Google search on a company and nothing comes up other than, <coughs> excuse me, a couple of investing articles, where do you, what do you guys take of this? I mean, without, oh, go ahead. I said without getting into conspiracy theories, um, it sounds that you know this information is being suppressed that they don't want the public to know about this because I'm even on Facebook and I'm doing hashtag schedule fly hash you know or just their company name in um, in general and I'm not finding anything about any you know about news about these um, attacks happening. Um, and I I would say. What what it makes me feel like is that just this America just has headline fatigue on everything and somebody can commit the worst atrocity today and everybody will talk about it. It'll get shared seven billion times or whatever. And then three days from now, we've all forgotten about it. And I wonder if they're not getting the traffic by publicizing these things that they used to because people are like, oh, they just see cybersecurity as one big, you know, one big thing altogether. Maybe mm -hmm. they're not getting the clicks that they that they want or something. I don't know. 
Um, that's just a thought. I, I, I highly doubt that that's the case. Um, when you're looking at this company, R.R. Donnelly, right? And like we need to talk about the specific attack that I have up on the screen here. There's only two articles written about the intrusion. This is a publicly traded company who's currently going under a, a buy by another company, a merger or an acquisition. Everything else is about the merger and acquisition. You know, how much, you know, leading up to it. There's only two small articles and one of them has to do with the fact that they had to file something with the SEC. Um, the other interesting piece is, is that there's a lot of companies who use R.R. Donnelly for printing services. One of them here being the state of New Jersey. Um, they are unable to basically, it's like motor vehicles and it's, and they're unable to print uh, motor vehicle documents and checks um, and, because apparently that they use, they use R.R. Donnelly for some sort of ser service. And, um, you know, they announced six days ago that they hired a cyber forensic expert and contacted law enforcement. So this is a big deal and there's very little coverage of it as you know, so um, what's your theory on that. I, I, I don't know yet. I'll, I'll, it'll probably come to me, you know, this year or something like that. I, I don't, I don't know um, why the, the, people don't take this more seriously. I think that the, there's going to be a day of reckoning. So New Jersey can't print motor vehicle documents, issue checks because of cyber attack. And we're starting to see these cyber attacks affect other companies um, that are downstream from these other companies. So now you have a major printing company that provides printing type services. I don't know exactly what they do. It sounds like like I read another article the other day where like the company that prints Pokemon cards today uses RR Donnelly. Like, like it's going to affect Pokemon cards and they think that Pokemon cards are going to go up in value because of this, sure. because they're so highly traded. And it's something that, you know, when, when you're not printing these cards and they're not in circulation and there's demand, you know, and, and you know, Pokemon cards are a precursor to what's going to happen in the NFT space, just, just to give you a heads up. Um, but, you know, I don't know what's going on and why we're not talking about these things, but these things affect a lot of people downstream, down the road. You know, it, there were fears around it through Colonial Pipeline and, and the meat supply hacks and the grain hack. Um, but these are legitimate cyber attacks where these businesses are being crippled um, and, and it's taking them a while to get back online and it's affecting the other businesses downstream. So we're seeing it here with our Donnelly and all the printing. It's also going to affect the M and a side of, of the company's deal with, you know, tons of cyber attacks go down a high, high frequency go down when companies are being acquired or they're in the middle of a, a merger or an acquisition. This is becoming a very common thing because cyber criminals are using that, transaction is leverage to get a quick payment. We've talked about this before on this show. Um, but the other thing is, it's like you still, we still have, I'm going to pull up Kronos. You still have Kronos out there, which is a payroll and HR company that had an issue. Um, I don't remember exactly when it was, uh, maybe three right. weeks ago. Yeah. Right? Right. Holidays. right. And, Look at all these companies that are now 
I just typed in Kronos in the search box under Google News. I just switched, you know, the filter to just give me the news for the past week. Um, there's nothing about Kronos in here. You don't see anything about Kronos and the actual cyber attack that happened to Kronos. It's all the companies that were downstream from Kronos that are having trouble paying employees. Employees complaining that their that their paychecks are missing money. And, and when you're an employee and you might live paycheck to paycheck, that's a big deal, right? And that's how these things affect average everyday humans. And this is why this show exists and this podcast exists because we want to bring awareness to all this stuff. Guys, look at this list of, of companies that use this. And that's all we're talking about in the news is people not getting paid, people not getting their paychecks, right? And I think that's that's the problem, Randy, and what, what you asked me earlier. A lot of these cyber attacks don't impact you at the level of I can't get gas, I can't get chicken, I can't get bread, I can't get my paycheck. It's this kind of like mystical thing that happens to companies and automatically somehow gets resolved by a bunch of wizards and it doesn't really ever affect the average American. And that's why it doesn't make the news when it does make, when it does affect the average everyday American, then they feel like it's newsworthy. And I guess that's what I'm saying in 2022, that needs to stop. And I, I would, um, I would still stick by what I said and the the idea of of headline fatigue is a symptom in my opinion of a larger thing that's true with us as a society and this isn't really cybersecurity but it's literally what you just said where people aren't interested if it doesn't affect them and we we need to be more more classical, more critical, or whatever it's called about our thinking, where we we try to learn and discover the whole world around us, not just what we think applies to us. Because a lot of times, this is a perfect example, and what you're saying is a perfect example. Cybersecurity does affect us directly, but so many people think that it doesn't, so they lose interest. They lose interest in it. So anyway, I... I I really want to encourage people towards thinking for yourself and being a lifelong learner, going after knowledge every day um, as much as you can and, and being well-informed, being well-informed about everything. And then maybe you will, that'll help solve some of the headline fatigue or, you know, doesn't, re doesn't involve me. You know, there's this whole thing in, uh, in city government. I've been in city government some, it's called not in my backyard. And it's like, they're okay for it if it's across town, but not in their backyard. And that's the same mentality. They say, well, it doesn't affect me, so I don't care. Uh, or it does affect me, and now all of a sudden I do care when I didn't care before. So anyway. And I guess point. I guess for guys like us, we're just trying to help everyone get ahead of this because it's a problem that can be solved. It's it's If, if we just do the things that we know make it difficult for cyber criminals, this – isn't as easy for them, but we make it easy for them. And I guess that's the frustrating part from our standpoint is that we know how to prevent this stuff and we know how to make it really difficult. And we just see time and time again, these companies get hammered left and right. Um, and I don't think 
we're in a place anymore where you can say this isn't going to affect me. But it's also something where it's like you can't look at it like I have no control over it because you do. You have control over whether you buy from a company or not who cares about your data and protecting it. Um, and these are things that we need to start evaluating when we're working with companies and deciding whether I'm going to, you know, give my information to this company or, 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 you know, purchase products or services from these companies, because I want to know uh, what their security posture looks like. Are they protecting me or am I going to have to deal with an issue because they're not doing what they should be when it comes to cybersecurity. I'm trying to be nice with my words there. Um, you know, but really, at the end of the day, some of these businesses um, are negligent in how they handle cybersecurity in their business. Um, and it, it's almost gross negligence to the point where they've been told that they have these problems. But yet out of sales, marketing, growth, they choose not to invest in these things. And they choose to just you know spend money on sales and marketing and grow the company and, and, and try to make a name for themselves or, or try to you know improve top line revenue um, and things like cybersecurity suffer. And we're going to jump right into it. With, and I'm not saying that this company falls into this, but another company that's currently under a ransomware attack that's affecting a lot of businesses out there. And, uh, and unfortunately, one of the worst industries to have to deal with something like this because they had they took probably covid the worst, right, is is the restaurant and hop hospitality business, right? And now a lot of restaurants that use uh, a, a software, cloud-based software, similar to like what Kronos does, a cloud-based HR and payroll software. This is a cloud-based piece of scheduling software. And this is now down, making it difficult for people, restaurants and restaurant owners and managers who use this software to schedule their staff to come in to work to deal with things like time off requests and stuff like that. They have no idea who's showing up for their shift on Monday because on January 1st, uh, this company got hit with a ransomware attack and I'm literally sharing their homepage from their company on the screen right now. Um, three days of updates from the owners. Um, and that's really it. I've actually talked to some of the, the uh, users of this software and they are not getting any more information than what you see here. Um, and th this is kind of the reality we live in now with 2022. Um, if you get hit with ransomware, you're going to have to be doing things like this, putting up websites that look like they were built in 1994 um, that give people basic updates as to what's going on with the situation. This has got it going to be a public relations nightmare for this company. Mm -hmm. um, and their competitors are going to jump all over this, rightfully so and steal their business, right? Because while these people can't use the, this Schedulefy software, the competitors are emailing and calling and social yep. media ads and social yep. media DM saying, hey, we can get you on our system for free for the next 30 days, yep. just switch on over. And that's yep. what's gonna happen. And that's what people need to be aware of, that you will lose customers if this happens to you. But on the flip side, if you are a customer of somebody who uses a software, there's no guarantee that this couldn't happen to something like QuickBooks. And you think right. that, you know, all the businesses that use Intuit QuickBooks in the cloud now, if that gets hit and it goes down, you're not doing accounting in your business until it's back up. And how are you going to collect money? 
And how are you like, think about what happens if these types of tools in your business go away for either a week, two weeks, a month or forever. Andre thoughts. Yeah. I put in the, in the chat here is it's, it's actually becoming the new normal. You know, it's like people are now, it's like, they just, okay, I got hacked. Um, whatever, you know, and then when it does involve, it, funny enough, I, I forgot to mention this, but yesterday I was speaking with someone, um, they did a 15 minute consultation with me and the guy told me that he got hacked three times in the last like six months, bank accounts, um, email got hacked. And, and I asked him, did you get a cybersecurity, you know, have you done the cybersecurity review and to, to see how it happened or whatever? And, and it's like we're becoming a, a, a reaction nation where it's like unless it's something major, then it's like it's like cue the president for a press conference. And then we're going to work on legislation and, you know, all of this stuff. And then it dies down. And, and it's kind of like, you know, the frog in the boiling point. And it's like we're, we're really being burned right now and not realizing that this is not good for our economy. This is not good for our businesses. Yep. Randy. Thoughts, man. I uh, I totally um, agree with that. This is a horrible place for a business to be to be in the middle of a ransomware attack where they can't where they can't bill. Um, <laughs> I mean, and I know like with the you mentioned Chronos a little bit ago. Yep. Um, we were talking about that. You know, they they provide a lot of the back end payroll stuff and uh, human resource type things for companies. Um, I've got a friend who's an executive and a competitor that has their own stuff um, and they were already blowing and going. And I know they're picking up tons of customers now. And like you said, going in and offering like six months for free, you know, Hey, we'll help you off board from that other locked up infected computer. Um, you know, I mean a company and, you know, we'll, we'll bring you over to our end. So it is, it is pretty scary. And, for it to happen um, can be really bad. And, you know, we deal with, we deal with a lot of companies coming through uh, breach remediation. That's what we call it, you know, bringing them back from being hacked. And it's, it's a bad, not only, not, not only mentioning this, like you can't bill, um, but then a lot of the psychological operations that the hackers use to get inside your head, to cause you to freak out and make bad decisions. I mean, it's insane. And like you, you mentioned probably 20 minutes ago, there's a lot we can do to prevent most of this. Obviously, you can't be 100% secure, but there's a lot you can do to prevent a lot of this. And we all, I mean, we sound like broken records, y'all. The three of us say this every day, all day long. You know, we need to be more serious about cybersecurity. Yeah, we got it. We, we, in my opinion, for, for me, for 2022, you know where I'm at, you know, I'm, you know, out there trying to spread the word about cybersecurity. Uh, and I think for 2022, you got to keep hammering away because the awareness just isn't there with people and the threat is growing and growing and growing. Um, I don't necessarily agree with um, Andre's term of the new normal. Oh, um, no, I don't want it to become the new normal. No, no. And I don't think it will be. Uh, I think this is the year, I think within the next two years, I don't know if it'll happen this year, but it, there will be a punch in the mouth moment for a lot of people um, where, where 
what I said around people making decisions around uh, whether they buy a cloud application or a cloud services based on their price, which is a lot of times where people go to make a decision. Oh, well, that has all the same features and it's $30 less per month, right? <clears throat> it's They're going to look at the security side of it too. Like, what are they doing to protect my data? Um, because the other like kind of disturbing thing about a tool like ScheduleFly uh, for me is that you have these cloud-based tools, right? And if you think about the evolution of technology, we used to have these things called intranets, right? These, these websites that kind of existed only with inside of a company, right? And they, they weren't exposed to the, to the outside world. Um, and over time, that is shifted to the cloud. Like people are more comfortable with running these kind of internal type communication systems or platforms through a cloud-based system versus a server that only exists in their network and isn't exposed to the internet. Um, and while you can do this securely, I think psychologically the data that we're willing to put into a system that we feel is closed or isn't accessible from some public person or some isn't the public, public part of our website as people have, say it, um, I think people are more apt to put more personally identifiable or more sensitive information in these types of apps. So when a schedule fly gets hit and they have their database and they have all their data completely encrypted, you got to be concerned about the kind of data that these restaurants and these hospitality businesses were putting into the system. Am, am I right or wrong on that, on that process, that thought process there? No, totally right, man. Yeah, I mean, I just think people put more sensitive information in things that they don't feel are like Facebook, right? You know what I mean? Like you're more apt to put something into a system. Like, I don't know, this schedule fly thing, if somebody doesn't show up for work, I mean, I got to imagine you're putting some pretty juicy employee details into this system. I mean, a lot of companies still use social security numbers as employee IDs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if somebody goes, well, you know, we don't have to worry about it. We can use the employee, their social security numbers, or employee ID, because the system, we're the only ones who access it. No one else has access to it. Customers don't see it. Well, hackers do. And when hackers get it and decide to dump it on the dark web, then everybody gets to see it. And that's, that's the mentality that needs to change in 2022 with a lot of these businesses that think that way. So anything else you guys want to add on schedule fly before we move on? Do you think this is their uh, their game plan is the silence and just, you know, because like I mentioned earlier where, you know, I'm, I'm doing a hashtag search and I can't even find like all of their old marketing and whatever else they would do online. There's just nothing there. Do you think that's just part of their game plan? You mean for the for this cyber attack? Yes. Yeah, I. You know what, you know, just to be honest with you, my initial thought on this and, and, and where I'm kind of going with things is knowing that <clears throat> knowing that there's only a handful of companies who really get this remediation work, because there's, there's a lot of collusion going on right now between the insurance companies and the companies who actually get this work. And there's only a handful, um, apparently, that are that are getting this work uh, through insurance. I got to imagine that these companies had some type of insurance or have insurance involved or when they do reach out, they reach out to one of the 
quote unquote, you know, top reputable companies. Mm-hmm. And I think that those companies are engaging with the same people uh, because I've seen the behavior shift from uh, uncontrolled release of information to a very different scenario, which is we don't say much at all to the public. And I think that over the last six to nine months, there's been a bunch of um, breach attorneys who have gotten smart to this, to, to how to handle this. Uh, and the breach attorneys are the ones who are calling the shot when these things go down and they're releasing as little information as they can while this stuff is happening. And that's what I feel like is going on. So there's like four or five guys in the whole entire country uh, who are being hired as breach attorneys right now when these things go down. And I keep seeing the same kind of pattern uh, come out with these companies and how much information actually gets released. And that's my opinion. So. Yeah. So you, so on one hand, you see some companies where they over-communicate. They want to let their customers and their clients know what's happening. And then- But when's the last time we actually saw that happen? I would say in our industry though. So maybe, yeah, just to the normal person listening, no, but then I guess for specifically in our industry with the Log4j, the Kaseya, et cetera. Uh, I mean- the vulnerability versus a hack, two different things in my mind, right? The vulnerability, Log4j is a vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not a hack. I think when you're talking about a cyber attack and a company currently going under a cyber attack, what we saw with like universal healthcare, that's the last one that I can think of. And I don't remember exactly when that was. I feel like that was like a year and a half ago. Um, But universal healthcare... They absolutely botched that whole thing. Remember, like they had, they, they had put out three different messages on their website, and it, it could, you could just tell, like their their PR team was an absolute in absolute shambles uh, when this went down with them. Since then, you've kind of seen, you know, I can think of the Kaseya breach. You didn't hear much from them through that whole thing until, and then they got the decryptor. And today we still don't know how they got the decryptor. Yeah. Right. Except for that botched YouTube video. The, the owner What's that? Did. Remember the, the YouTube video, the owner did that. That was what he got a lot of flack for. Well, right. He did that one. He did a couple other interviews, which I just, you know, I just think that would have happened regardless. Like Fred's just Fred. I mean, just straight up. Like, he, he's going to do it his way. He always been that way. And that's just how it is. And, um, you know, right or wrong, he's going to do it the way he wants to do it. Um, but I, I got to say, he didn't really reveal a lot about the attack and we still don't know how they got the key. So they kept things tight lipped, although he was out in front of it, right? He was out there being the face, which I got to give him respect for, Right. For him to go out there and be on videos as a CEO of a company in the middle of one of the largest cyber attacks, you know, in, in the world, that's that, that takes some, you know, what. Um, so <clears throat> I give him credit for that. But at the same time, I do see uh, a trend where the cyber attacks are become less and less information is becoming available as they have as things happen. Um, but that that's totally separate from the fact that reporters can cover this stuff and get the word out that it's actually happening. You don't need a lot of detail to go out with a story on NBC news that says the largest printer in the United States 
is currently under a cyber attack. And this is all the things that it affects, you know, the states of New Jersey, uh, you know, health, healthcare insurance companies, uh, investment firms that are that own stock in this company um, could be impacted. There's a lot of different things when you're talking about a publicly traded company that could be impacted from a cyber attack. And I think it needs to be in the news and it's not. So that's it for me. Oh, wait, no, we got one more. Let's talk about, let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about this Florida hospital system. Andre, you brought this one up. So I'm going to kind of let you run point on this. Yes. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't recall why you wanted to talk about this. So I apologize. So why don't, what, what's important about this? Let, let's let the audience know and, and then we'll, we'll wrap about it a little bit. Yeah, so this is my hometown, so I just wanted to talk about it because it's the next county over, literally five minutes away from me, and this is one of the major hospital systems in our community. So um, essentially, Broward Health um, said that hackers gained access to their network on October 15 through a third-party medical provider that has access to a system. So we, you know, we've always talked about supply chain. So the hackers access names, birthdays, um, email addresses, banking information, social security numbers, driver license numbers, patient histories, and treatment and diagnostic records, among other information, as if that wasn't enough. And what really was uh, surprising for me why I wanted to talk about it is because the um, representative from the Broward Health System says that this personal information was exfiltrated. However, there is no evidence that the information was actually misused. So, so hacker took everything, but uh, you know, I don't think we're we don't think they're going to do anything with it. So, I mean, what do you, I could go, I I could go in a lot of different directions with this, but are you stating that this who who wrote this story? Uh, it's it's a, it was uh, a Ocean, so mm -hmm. are you are you basically saying that Mr. Ocean? Uh, <laughs> is inaccurate in his reporting here or, or, or is the, is the hospital system um, being misguided or, or their kind of their thought process is misguided, which, which kind of your take on this? No, no, I'm okay with what Mr. Ocean is re reporting. Cause he's just quoting what the guy, the Broward re representative said. It's, it's more of the, the, what the Broward health systems representative is saying. That although that the information is exfiltrated, there's no evidence that information was actually misused. Right, and what get give people some? I guess for from my mind, like I understand what that means when you say that. Right. Let's help people understand like what that means. Like now the hackers have taken the data, right, and now they, they somebody else has. Uh, your private health information in their possession, which mm -hmm. is a HIPAA violation, number one. Um, and you have a right as a, as a patient of this hospital to file a HIPAA complaint and have it looked into. Um, but then once this data is out here, it, there's no timeline on, there's no expiration date on when it can be used maliciously against somebody. Right. Right. And I guess that's the point. Yeah. Right. Just because yeah. just because in the last 60 days they have no evidence of anything happening doesn't mean in a month or two 
somebody doesn't come along and decide, oh, let me see what I can do with this Broward Health database that's been dumped in this dark web form. Let me see if I can start, you know, doing identity fraud or, you know, scamming people or extorting people because I know what their medical file says. And there's some things in here that they might not want to have out in the public. And maybe I can send them an email and show them some screenshots and get them to pay me, you know, a thousand bucks or 2000 bucks. So I don't release that information. Um, these are things that actually happen with data that's on the dark web. Uh, and that's, you know, Andre's point is like, Hey, just because this guy says this, don't have this again, false sense of security that these guys go out and, and give the public when they release a lot of this stuff. So Randy, any, uh, any thoughts about this behavior from the Broward County? You know, I'm, I'm hiding my shaking of my head right now um, just because the fact that somebody that's involved in the breach says publicly that we don't think the data has been misused. Like that, that has no, that doesn't, that doesn't give me any, any comfort, you know, at all. And I don't, trusted as far i'm not saying that he's lying but the fact your data is in the hands of a bad actor yeah. um we're trusting in their the goodness of their soul not to release it you know um so and is broward gonna pay the ransom and get the data back you know or are they hag are they you know are they even negotiating with the guys and if they aren't then that means your data is going to be released it just hadn't <laughs> been yet you gotta assume, you gotta assume at any point in time, but once your data leaves your network yep. and it wasn't authorized, you got to treat that as your data has been released to the public. And if you pay any kind of ransom to, in the hopes, I want to use the right words here, so I want to say this correctly. If you pay the ransom in the hopes that they don't release your data, that's all you're doing is you're paying for a hope. Because you have, you have no control over what they do with that data once they have it, whether you paid them or not. Now it's just a gentleman's handshake that, hey, you paid me a bunch of money and I promise I'm not going to release this. Well, you better hope he doesn't get ransomware or his computer yeah. doesn't get stolen, right? You know, there's just a lot of different ways it can go wrong once once they have the information. Um, and that's the bottom line. And that's what people need to realize. So, um, you know, Paying any kind of ransom to solve this problem is a no-go. Um, and I think that's mainly Andre's point is like going back to what this guy said is you got to assume that this data is going to be abused. You can't say things like we have no evidence. Well, guess when the evidence is going to appear? After the fucking crime's already been committed yeah. and somebody's identity has uh, been stolen or, you know, that's when you're going to realize, oh, somebody's misusing the data from from our breach. Um, and, and that's too late at that point, right? So now that you know it's gone, you have the evidence that somebody took it, now you have to assume that it's it's public. Um, and if you don't know, the dark web is just an ecosystem of criminals. They trade this stuff. It's like, you know, walking down, going in the streets of New York, and there's a criminal on every corner selling you something, right? And, and you, you, you can just buy whatever you want, basically, you know, guns, drugs and you know stolen data to, to try to do you know identity theft 
So, and I, and I know you didn't like the word new normal, but this is what I mean by it. It's because we're, it's, it was 1.1,357,000 people affected that they're now giving notification. This is basically the entire city of Fort Lauderdale, every okay. single person that was there. It'd be interesting because like you said new normal and I say we got to go in the other direction. We can't, we can't accept this as the new normal. Like this is just how life's going to be. This is just a thing we're going to deal with like colds and flus. Like, <laughs> no, like we can prevent this crap. Definitely. Like, you got yeah, but but this is this is it's it's like the same playbook because then uh, in another article it says the the hospitals offering twenty four months of identity theft protection, implemented multi factor authentication for all user versus systems and minimum security yeah. requirements for devices not managed by Broward Health, and then that's going to be the end of it. and then of course they'll probably get fined you know and things like that, but then that's it they just move on but your social security and all of that information is out there and there's nothing the consumer can do about it. Yeah. 100%. You're 100% right that and and they it, it, they're going to treat the symptoms as they come up, not treat the underlying problem which is, you know, you keep having a heart attack or you know, you keep having these problems but the underlying, you know, problem is is that you're, you're overweight, you're obese, right? And they're not treating the obesity and this is the same thing. They're not treating the core of the problem is you don't have a a solid foundation for cybersecurity, but so let's just get hacked and then we'll deal with all the repercussions of that cyber attack with other tools and other things uh, that we can throw at it. Um, you're hundred percent right uh, that, you know, in a sense that there, this is a new normal, but that this is the point of, of why the three of us are together and why we're putting out, you know, podcast after podcast because people you know we're three little voices that are bringing awareness to this problem so that so people understand like it's not that difficult to to put a solid foundation in place so these things stop happening at the rate that they're happening right and that's how i look at it yep all right guys we're 50 minutes in i think that was a good show you guys got any last parting words before we bounce? All right. Sounds good. Randy shaking his head. No, Andre smiling. So, all right, everybody remember, please share our show. Um, I don't see any comments or any questions up there. So we're going to bounce and we'll see y'all next week. Take care.